listening to the Fish on Ted podcast with your host, Ted Johnson. Well, hello, this is Ted Johnson with the Fish on Ted podcast. I want to thank everyone for tuning in today. We are recording this in the middle of February of 2020 when uh, the snow is coming down and the rain is coming down. It sounds like a lot of people, uh, depending on where you're fishing out of, are uh, kind of blown out right now. And I just, uh, my heart goes out to you, but uh, we'll get through this and get into the better weather and uh, more trips are coming. Today we are headed to Alaska and I've got a special guest that runs a really incredible charter business out of a place called Yakutat, Alaska. And without further ado, hey, Scott, are you there? Yeah, hi, Ted. This How is are Scott. You, man? you know, doing good today in spite of the weather. Uh, as you mentioned, it is February and we're, we've got some good snow on the ground and a little bit of blizzards uh, in the air, but um, things are well otherwise. Well. Well, good. You know, the first thing that came to mind when I heard the uh, heard about the town of Yakutat was, where is Yakutat? Now, I've been to Yakutat. It's been a number of years ago, um, so I've got a good feel for this, I think. Uh, but t tell us where you're at, Scott, and how people uh, get to your part of the world. Sure. Yeah. Well, Yakutat is... Uh actually right along the Gulf Coast. We're situated between Juneau and Cordova, and um, we're, there's no roads in or out here, which is wonderful and almost blissful for folks like me. Um, we still have a real authentic Alaska destination here, but it's quite easy to access from the air, and mm -hmm. so um, a, lot, a lot of folks will, uh, will come up on Alaska Airlines out of Seattle, and they're here by noon, and um, Vice versa, though, I can get back towards Seattle um, in the evening. So we have two daily jet flights that coming out of here. But um, that's the limit of our traffic um, in terms of people. It's, it's, it's a small village, about 750 people, and primarily based on uh, commercial fishing, sports fishing, um, wow. a lot of recreation. It's the home of the Hubbard Glacier. So um, wow. pretty unique place. Mm -hmm. Now, now you said something there very unique. I've, I've been to Southeast Alaska a number of times, more than I can count, and then up through the interior and that sort of thing. And one of the things about Alaska is when you plan a fishing trip, generally you have to plan a couple different uh, days additionally just to get where you're going. And the really cool thing about Yakutat is Alaska Airlines drops a commercial jet in there. Uh, now you said twice a day. Gosh, when I was going, uh, went up there, it was like twice a week. Um, and, and they've got a, a, a runway there for the big jets. People can come in, they can fish for a couple days, and they can be back in the States and watching a football game on a Sunday afternoon two days later, um, just because of how accessible you are. But the really cool thing is you're very remote. <laughs> You know, like you were saying, there's there's no roads in or out. And if you want a true Alaskan experience, but on a very quick time frame, Yakutat is a great choice. 
Um, actually, it is, yeah. And, and you know, I, I do sportsman shows, and I introduce uh, Yakutat to a lot of folks, and they say, well, it's tough to get to, and we can't drive there. And, you know, um, some folks see that as a deterrent, but I actually explain to them that's, that's the selling point is uh, yeah. we're, we're actually remote and authentic yeah, uh, Alaska without – the real sports hub or the real traffic hub of Anchorage or Seward or Homer and Kenai and stuff like that. And so um, even guys in Fairbanks, they sold some trips to uh, uh-huh. were sold on the idea that by golly, that'd be great to get away from the crowds, even for an Alaskan uh, fishing party and group and stuff. So we, we, we tend to cater to a fair amount of Alaskans as well, just getting away for their destination. But certainly, um, from the states and stuff, it's uh, ultra easy in terms yeah. of um, landing in a in a in a genuine destina- destination without uh, other driving or logistics or or smaller planes as well to catch up with to go to uh, some yeah. of those remote lodges. Except, yeah, yeah. You know, when I came in uh, to Yakutat, it was pre nine eleven, and so there wasn't as much security on the planes and that sort of thing, Scott. Uh, but we had spent um, a week and a half fishing down off of Admiralty Island, and we decided to uh, come up to Yakutat for a week and, and fish there. And so anyway, we popped the jet, and, and uh, my brother-in-law and I came up, and we got to the airport, and we walked off the plane and went into uh, the little terminal there. It's just very, it was, at the time it was very small. Can't imagine it's grown a whole lot since then. Uh, but we wanted to rent a van to get around town or a car. And so I had called ahead and I forgot who I rented it from that was right across the street. And so I went across the street and, and introduced myself and yeah, we have you down. And I go, do you need to see my license or anything? And no, we don't need to see your license. And I go, well, I mean, what if, what if I leave with a the van? They go, the, the lady goes, you can't leave with the van. If you put it anywhere, we'll find it. Right. And we know where you're staying. And uh, oh, okay. Well, uh, that that's right. a, that was a pleasant experience, you know. Um, it's just a very, very remote place. Now, now, how long have you been in Yakutat? Um, I want to comment on that too, and that's one great uh, example of just Yakutat hospitality. Um, you know, the keys are in their vehicles, our houses are unlocked, and and that feeling transfers over into our visitors a lot, and they feel. Wait quite welcomed and received and, you know, kind of a, a very good place to unwind safely and not have that uh, buzz. But, uh, and that's one of the elements of why I live here in Yakutat, as you asked, I've been here coming up on 27 years. Wow. And um, yeah, so I originally actually was here in the eighties and uh, lived here as a young kid. I'm originally from Minnesota, but we're family came here for three years and, I did all the boyhood, you know, hunting and fishing and yeah. beachcombing and three-wheeling and trapping and just being a, you know, young, young kid. And, um, man, after I left, I went back to the States, did, uh, you know, school and college and it just kept calling me of a, a different, uh, lifestyle and, uh, life choice. And a lot of that has to do with small town feel. And then, uh, mm-hmm. I just wanted to live at the destination as, as opposed to, um, having to go find that destination or, or, you know, plan for a trip or one week off and drive uh, four hours to go deer hunting or somewhere to get right. away. So I, I just decided to go 
live at the destination and now the marina is two miles away and uh, you know the woods are a couple miles out the road and you're back in it so um, yeah it's been quite a while now uh, I'm pretty sure it's oh, 27 okay. years Wow that's cool now, now when did you start the charter business Scott yeah, so I came back to Yakutat actually as a contractor, general contractor. I built some custom homes, um, loved the area, was doing a lot of recreating and hunting and playing. And um, I ventured off into commercial fishing, and uh, that really ingrained in me that there's money to be made at something you can enjoy. And um, uh-huh. I, did that, I did that for a number of years and really um, – yeah, just fell in love with the ocean again, I should say. As a young man, we were out. But um, I think in about 2000, I came up with the conception of uh, sharing it with others. And uh, and since then, it's really been a, a passion of mine of just uh, enjoying it and, and experiencing it again all over um, every day through through new people's eyes and, and through their enthusiasm and um and just glowing in the moment with them on on their trips and uh, and the yeah. the scenery and yeah. geography around here is just immensely overwhelming and um, I've learned to try not to take it for granted but um, I still catch myself oh another ego oh another porpoise and <laughs> that kind of thing but uh, yeah with groups they're they're often reminding me of how wonderful and special it is and and it really uh, ingrains into my my spirit my soul of how fortunate uh, uh i am to have found this and i'm happy to share it so i guess it's awesome. been about 20 years holy yeah. smokes you've uh you you brought mm-hmm. a lot of fish on board then haven't you yeah i <laughs> i have i've been uh i've commercial fished quite a bit all through the years of uh sport guiding in the winter months here we have an open fishery it's called uh winter king salmon fishing and so for a long time i would just trade hats and trade gear on the boats and um spend my my winters commercial fishing for salmon and um i developed that into kind of like a direct to market inception where i would fly fish directly to small restaurants or seafood shops directly from my boat to america and it was really a big hit um so i did that through the winter winters and then um the summers i was um switching hats and then just sharing sharing the local knowledge and the bite and you know the the resource that's uh really close to us where we do just day trips and so it's not a long excursion uh, out and mm-hmm. back and um that affords us more fishing time therefore more fish over the rail as you said i have uh often wondered what that number would be but um yeah that'd be incredible yeah yeah grateful for every every one of them though for sure absolutely so so tell us about the waters around yakutat is is it considered still southeast i I really don't know if it is or not i mean are the waters protected or are you fishing uh the ocean what uh, what type of fishing are you offering yeah so for sport fishing charters are primarily operating uh april through october we have some early guys come in for uh great river fishing by the way um and in spite of my charter being an ocean trip we have a lot of guests here come here for the world famous um sea tuck river both for steelhead uh kings and sockeye in june uh pinks and uh silvers are probably our strongest or biggest season and that's that sort of dictates the momentum of the summer and visitors for 
both river fishing and and saltwater um, visitors. But mm-hmm. the um, Yakutat is in this really weird geography. Um, and wonderful, I should say, uh, not necessarily weird, but the state of Alaska recognizes us as southeast. Um, however, the International Pacific Halibut Commission, you know, says we're south central, and in either case, we're no near other any other fishing port or community for hundreds of miles either way, and so uh, we fall into some some interesting lines and regulations um, that that really are favorable for us in a lot of ways. Um, but to the waters comment or description, I guess, essentially we, we fish in Yakutat Bay um, and it's an 18 mile wide mouth uh, at the Gulf, I guess, or at the shoreline um, cuts yeah. right across and then it goes inward towards the Hubbard Glacier about 20 miles. And so there's a very large inland waterway area with lots of habitat. However, our harbor is quite close to the outer gulf, and so we generally run out to the gulf and fish on this reef that was pushed up by the formerly Hubbard Glacier back in the uh, Ice Ages. Uh-huh. And so this reef, this reef runs across the whole uh, mouth of Yakutat and creates, um, you know, habitat from 60 to 360 feet of water. So there's there's quite a bit of uh, opportunity and species and variety, and where it puts us right into the Gulf Stream and the migration pattern of halibut and salmon. And, um, and so we're quite fortunate now on weather days when the ocean's up and it's not cooperating, we can go inland and still have good access to um, the same habitats, maybe a little less variety in species, but still good halibut fishing and sometimes even preferred salmon fishing in some of our inland waterways and bays and islands. So. Wow. Kind of got the best of both worlds, but um, I'd say our strong suit is just being able to have ocean access within 20, 30 minutes of the harbor, and we're we're right out on the what we consider the good grounds. Um, oh, that's cool! And and in 2020, um, you the, the um, what is it? Alaska Fish and Wildlife deemed that you're kind of a special area when it comes to the halibut, right? You can keep more than most areas can. Right. So that's part of the misnomer about Southeast Alaska versus uh, South Central. Um, Yakutat is the first community north of the boundary line that puts us in South Central, which allows us to keep two halibut um, a day and and four annually on a charter fishing limit. South of us, it's quite a bit more restrictive. They have to keep them under a certain size and can't keep anything in the middle up until you get up to 80 inches and then it's like a trophy thing. So um, we fall into some great habitat as well as we fall into the perfect regulations to match that habitat of our location. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, did you start then uh, your charter business with one boat back 20 plus years ago? (laughs) Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, it all started, uh, like I said, came back to chase some boyhood dreams. So I had a little uh, 20-foot open skiff, and then it went to a 22-foot cabin cruiser, and then bought a 27-foot boat that I actually started the charters with, and I would co- commercially fish that in the winters, and then I'd take all the, the rigging and commercial stuff off for the summer fishing. And then um, then I expanded and, and built a custom boat for myself and 
um, 2007, actually. I built the Seawolf. It's an aluminum hull, um, 33 by 11. And um, unlike a lot of people say they built the boat, they, you know, I wouldn't have it done. Well, I actually built it. I welded it, plumbed it, wired it, put the woodwork in it and motors and um, but it was custom built for what I was doing as a charter operator, and yeah. so that it propelled me and did well and excelled um, with that platform and that local knowledge from commercial fishing. And um, started with one, and then yeah, this year I'm actually uh, got four on uh, on the books and on the booking wow. calendar right now. So yeah. It's, wow, that uh, I think that's that's incredible, and it, it, it's really incredible that you built your own boat. Um, I don't think people, many people, realize what it takes to build a boat like that. And uh, you've got what months into that, don't you? Yeah, actually, uh, I got about a year. I tell folks because I was still commercial fishing and I was still um, charter boat fishing out of the smaller twenty-seven, and. Um, I, I told them it took about a year of my spare time, and it's mm -hmm. really neat because when I tell people this story, we're generally on the boat, and they start looking around, and they go, you you built this? What? You know, and um, yeah. and so it's a, it's a little proudful moment, a little feather in the cap, and um, having contracting skills uh, from before, I knew tooling, but yeah, when you start a boat, it's, it's a whole other monster. There's nothing straight or square, and everything's um, got to be built like a fine piano, but survive a yeah. hurricane. And so that was the, uh, the motto of the taking that year. But as the owner operator and builder, um, you know, nothing was spared and mm -hmm. everything was put to, you know, put in and done right. And I knew I was going to be on it. So, uh, yeah, I put a lot of pride in it. It came out well and it's still a wonderful platform. It's uh, actually gathered a lot of groups that, request that boat and request uh, it annually and so it's um, something yeah something yeah. to look at yeah the sea wolf is an, an amazing craft man the, the the only thing i can compare that to is back in the 90s i ended up building two of my own wooden custom drift boats and that has oh, wow. there is no there is no comparison between that and and what you have done but just thinking yeah. about building my 17-footer and then doubling that mm -hmm. and length and probably trip, tripling it in width <clears throat> and then having to do all the welds yeah. and, like you were saying, mm -hmm. the, the plumbing and the electrical and all the stuff that goes into building that oh, boat, yeah. that is phenomenal, man. That is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, I... Um... I had it in me then, you know, and people, <laughs> even myself, I wonder if I would want to do it again. And um, I think I have the ideas and I have the momentum sometimes, but when I remember what I toiled through to get there, uh, oh, well, I'll just keep looking around. And so I found some other great platforms. I've got a catamaran that is, uh, I think, better than the Seawolf, which is hard to do. But um, yeah, so now I've, yeah, I, I've enjoyed quite a bit of good time with that it's brought me all up and down the coast and uh done marine work with um, science and hubbard glacier trips and sport fishing it's it's been a great platform um overall now is that the sea bear as i remember uh correct well the catamaran is the sea bear i was mingled my words with me um reminiscing about the sea wolf but uh, the sea bear is the catamaran and it's um mm -hmm. it's actually a, a factory built boat it's a sea sport it's 
um, 32 feet long, but it's 13 feet wide, which is just phenomenal. Um, really? And a beam, what they call it, a beam is the width of the boat. Right. With twin pontoons, as it were, it's super stable. Um, it's got a very big cabin on it, a full walk around for fishing um, up front along the sides. It's it's really a, a multi um, multi-user platform that's really quite comfortable. I, a lot of people asked if I would turn the Seawolf over to another captain, and um, I reluctantly did so, but um, mm-hmm. I knew the merits, and I knew that the Seawolf was uh, easily easily operated and, and functionally um, very customized, but um, the Sea Bear has turned out to be my favorite in terms of uh, operating and, and user experience. Uh, they really enjoy the large cabin. Guys like spreading out the gear so there's no tangles to speak of. And um, mm-hmm. and then just the stability for people that have emotion sickness or a tendency to worry about it. I try to book them on that catamaran just for the stability. It's also got a large walk-in um, head, which is a common feature sought after for couples. And um, oh, yeah. it's uh, got a strong um strong following for that reason as well do a lot of family mm-hmm. groups and trips like that and i try to book them on that catamaran um, oh that's that cool now, all now, around. All, yeah. now all of your boats have cabins where people can get in out of the weather and when you're motoring to uh, different fishing grounds right you can it, it's a protected area <clears throat> oh yeah no for sure they're in alaska here we've uh, all got heated cabins with uh you know, ample room for seating, and they don't, um, one of my focuses as a commercial guy is to provide the biggest deck space, and so that's one of my uh, attributes of all all of my boats is good, ample fishing space, but when the weather comes up, or if you want to sit down and have a lunch or something, you've got somewhere you can tuck in and close the door and enjoy uh, a little bit of the heat or comfort if it's sour sour weather so yeah they, they're all heated accommodations with uh, right right well and, yeah. and like you were saying with the big deck space and stuff you know there, there's nothing more aggravating than going out and fishing and and uh, you, you get somebody gets a great big barn door and they bring it overboard and everybody's diving out of the back of the boat trying to avoid that mm. tail that's swinging around you know and mm. right it, right you know you're you're, you're uh, your fishing platforms are big enough for people to do that, which is, uh, I'm sure, appreciated at times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, easily. They're, it's easy to corner them in these boats uh, that we're talking about. They've ample deck space and ample space to move around. In some instances, the guys even keep fishing on the other side of the boat because they, yeah. of, uh, like, that catamaran. It's so wide. It's, you know, um, yeah. So, yeah, no, that's... Uh, something yeah so so tell so tell us more about the the halibut fishing Uh, how big do the halibut get in the yakutat area oh my funniest joke is they get so big (laughs) uh, right no um you know that is our strong suit and it's not really a, a known but we're actually um one of the largest catches in the state wide um, every port has a sampler and fishing game and they do measurements and keep track for, you know, managing the resource and stuff. And Yakutat statistically is on the top one or top two depends on the year 
um, mm-hmm. for largest average landed halibut for a charter boat. And um, part of that is our location here on the Gulf. We're right in the migratory area of uh, where the halibut are moving along the coastal currents and stuff like that. And then there's no other ports or fisheries really bothering these fish. And um, we've got a small fleet of 15 boats overall in Yakutat, so Mm -hmm. really ripe fishery. But um, to the number, our statistic is about uh, 39 pounds is the average. Now, that's not a whopper, but when you consider that to be the average, that means there's a lot of whoppers in there right alongside a lot of, you know, medium, good-sized fish. Right. And uh, we tell folks generally, um, you know, we're not targeting small fish as they might in other ports. Uh, a lot of ports have, the average is 12 pounds, 17 pounds, one of the better ones is 29 pound average. So, carrying consistently a 39 or better pound average has uh, made us in the top running for um, the true, um, truly the best halibut fishing for charter boats in the state. But um, yeah, you know, we're just such a small community. It doesn't make the press and doesn't make the, you know, the big uh, the media splash. And and that's that's okay too, I guess. Oh, oh absolutely. And, and then you have uh, uh, rock fishing and, and bottom fishing also in those same waters? Yeah, so a lot of people, um, as I mentioned, come here uh, seasonally to to target um, hal- both halibut and ocean fishing as well as uh, river fishing. But our ocean fishing is quite developed on its own with that reef that runs the outer reef, uh, the outer coast there in front of uh, Yakutat Bay. Uh, we have a fair variety of rockfish. There's probably 30 types of Alaskan rockfish, but we have probably the top five in yellow eye. Black sea bass is the most common uh, and prevalent. And then we've got um, oh, quillbacks, uh, common chinas. They're not too uh, too hard to find. Um, uh-huh. and occasionally, we see see some obscure uh, rockfish that none of us know what it is, but um, yeah, we have a really robust fishery here again because of our small fleet size and the and the great geography of uh, the coastline and you know not a lot of pressure. Wow, that's that's cool, man. So so how long does it yeah. take to get to get from Seattle to Yakutat on the plane? Um, you know, I got a lot of West Coast groups, even as far as California. They can come up and be fishing that same morning. Um, Generally, the flight leaves out of Seattle around 7.30, and they land here about 11.30, and some of my groups start fishing that same day. They can uh, go out for the afternoon, fish a little bit late if they want, fish a couple straight more days, and then they'll catch a southbound flight, uh, usually around 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and are home by you know, 8, 9, or 10 um, in the Seattle area. Some of them have to lay over and catch flights to Denver, East Coast, yeah. or whatever, but along the West Coast, it's really seamless to hub with Alaska Airlines coming in here twice a day. Some folks will catch a flight to Anchorage um, and then be here in the evening, um, starting off in, say, California. So, you know, it makes a full day of flying, but um, generally out of Seattle, it's a three- or four-hour trip to uh, from airport to airport. Yeah. And and how much fish does uh, Alaska Airline let let you take out now? 
You know, here it's always uh, <laughs> that's always the question when we're out on the boat. How much are we going to take home? And uh, luckily, that's a good problem to have. And I tell folks generally, you want to bring it home as luggage. Um, mm-hmm. And we can freight it, and some of the processors will actually ship it to groups that are delayed getting home or whatnot. But they generally allow you to have two bags um, up to 50 pounds, and, um, and so that's that's the sort of rule of thumb, uh, depending on your right. miles or status or clout. Now, then you, from there on, you can still just pay an extra bag fee, and I tell folks it's still worth doing if you consider the contents. You've got, you know, mm-hmm. 40, 50 pounds of uh, fresh-caught Alaska seafood. It's, you know, a $1,000 box of fish there. Oh, any market, it's yeah, it's worth seventy-five bucks to get it home and taking care of uh, and make sure you know you got your catch that's flying with you, kind of deal. So yeah, um, yeah, that's that's what I know about that. Gosh, uh, you know, it sounds like if somebody would take um, like the the morning flight on a Thursday, and uh, they could uh, fish then half a day Thursday, both Friday, Saturday a little bit on Sunday and be home Sunday night. I mean, that's a, that's a long weekend, but you know, one, you've experienced the remotes of Alaska. You fish, you know, uh, uh, arguably the, the best halibut waters in all of Alaska. And you, you know, you've done it on a very uh, budget friendly and time friendly uh, type calendar. That's amazing. It is actually, yeah. I- appreciate you pointing that out it's uh, um, my groups take advantage of that the guys that are come to the Yakutat have their destination familiar with the area they're seeing the fluidity of uh, being able to get off the jet and go fishing and then up till midday that day they're leaving get their fish processed they're on the jet back home and it's uh, I can't I can't really think off the top of my head, but I know quite a bit of the group bookings are centered around that weekend type of deal mm-hmm. for just mm-hmm. exactly that. And so um, it's fairly common for people to take advantage of our oh, accessibility. Yeah. Now, if somebody has, has not been to Yakutat, doesn't have experience going there, and, and they want to come fishing with you, um, uh, do you have recommendations for like accommodations and that sort of thing? Yeah, right. So you're touching on something that's pretty neat about Yakutat, and for a lot of groups, they really um, embrace that part of it. It can be an a la carte community, mm-hmm. and by that, I mean, um, you know, we, we a lot of groups will come here and do multiple things, not just ocean fishing, and, and a lot of groups do come just for the ocean fishing. Don't get me wrong. I actually make my living doing that, so it's quite busy that way, but the a la carte version of it is pretty neat, where you can do two, three days out on the ocean with us. Um, you can go uh, get a river boat and drift down the river. You can self-guide down on um, a lot of the local drivable rivers accesses. And um, and so budget-minded wise, you're not paying for this all-inclusive, you know, one package price. Uh, we take care of it all deal. They'll kind of just meal order what they want to do and set out their mm-hmm. own schedules. We even have small planes that do fly outs to little river community, um, river fishing, and they'll bring you back at the end of the day. And that's a great adventure and a wonderful way to see the area as well as, uh, get, get that bush experience and that bush feeling. And so, um, 
yeah, folks call all the time and ask for what else can we do and where else can we stay? And I, I try to accommodate them based on their, their typeset of what they would like to, uh, to stay at. If some people want a nice opulent place and I, we've got those accommodations and some people just want a, a good old fishing camp and, you know, a place to rest their head in between, uh, fish bites. And so we've got that too. And so, um, I just try to get a sense of what they're looking for and then point them in the right direction and make strong recommendations based on what, uh, what their comfort is and what their price line is. And uh, we have a lot of groups that really find it uh, not only affordable but amicable of how um, hard all of us here work to try to accommodate the guests, uh, both in you know fishing and uh, accommodations and other activities and sightseeing and stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I've got I, being here 27 years. I know first and last names of all the accommodations and managers and waterfront hotels and uh, sure. all that. So. Yeah, there's there's lots of little restaurants and and places where people can go and enjoy a meal or or that sort of thing. What what's the um, is, is the name of the one of the rivers that you can drive to and float? Is it the Sea Top? Is it my is that right? That is right. Yeah, it's called the Sea Tuck, yeah. and um, spelled out, it'd be S E E T U K. But the I'm sorry, that's the enunciation version. The spelling uh -huh. is S I. The spelling version is S I T U K, and so uh, some people mistakenly call it the Sea Tuck, but it's Sea uh, Tuck is the enunciation, and um, yeah, it's another piece of the you know of what Yakutat's got going on um, and it's, it's st very strong reputation for great silver fishing excellent oh, yeah. steelhead uh, yeah. yeah you know the, the the time I had come up I had spent a week hiking and fishing down in the the Juno or the uh, um, um, Admiralty Island area and we got up to Yakutat and we we fished with someone that day and I got back <clears throat> to the um, to the lodge that I, where I was staying, and that night my back went out, and I could not move the next day. Absolutely, I had oh. I had hauled, it, I'd hauled in too many fish over a period of days. Right? I mean, literally, it was oh. crazy. I couldn't I couldn't oh. get out of bed, and so uh, wow. my brother-in-law said, "Well, the heck with you. You know, I'm I'm going to take a fly out, and and I'll be back tonight." Okay, well that's cool. So I just laid in bed. And the next day, my back was feeling a little better, but not bad. Um, but I figured if I moved it all day, then then I could kind of work it out. And so we arranged to have a drift boat put right up at the bridge on the SeaTac River, and then um, we would float it for the day. And and it gets back to the accommodation and the kind of the uniqueness of of Yakutat because we arranged it. I forgot through who, and we said, well, okay, well, you know, where do we pick up the drift boat? not you don't have to pick it up it'll be in the water and here's the number on it great well we're going to drive our van up how do we get our van back down don't worry the van will be at the takeout when you get done and with the keys in it really right yeah. so right. we uh <coughs> we got in this boat and i was at the oars and i was hurting all day long and they told us told me about this <laughs> i think they called it the dead man to look for because that was halfway down that river and, and we floated and floated and floated and we were catching a lot of pinks in the river at that time. And uh, we were mm -hmm. catching some pinks and silvers, ended up with one nice, 
one nice king out of it. Um, but I couldn't fish. I mean, I had to keep rowing, otherwise my back was going to seize up. And about four Whoa. o'clock in the afternoon, about eight hours into this, we came upon dead men. I'm going, oh my God, <laughs> we're only halfway. This is not <laughs> right, you know. And so, right. um, uh, you know, put a little bit more oomph into my strokes, and we got we got off the river about nine thirty at night, and right at the the, mm. the the takeout, there was our van with the keys in it, you know, and we just left the drift boat there and assumed whoever we <laughs> we booked it through was going to come and pick it up, and obviously they did. And uh, what you know, what, what a what a great experience, what a really great experience that was. And, and uh, it, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, I've got some great uh, third-hand stories from clients on my charter boat talking about their trip down the river. And um, you do got to pace yourself a little bit on that upper end. You get excited and stop at every hole along the yep. way and fish everywhere and fish all the way down. And yeah, I've heard a number of stories like, oh, we were, th- we were just around the next bend is, nope, just around the next bend. And Yep. You know, pretty soon it's getting dark. Oh, just around the next bend. So, yeah, that that's uh, it's not a, that long of a float if you're selective on the, the holes you stop at. But yeah. as enthusiasts, um, it's certainly easy to take in a very full day on the river. Oh yeah. Now, now, what what's the wildlife that people can see while they're they're there in Yakutat, Scott? Yeah. So, being here so long, we used to have quite a quite a viewing of moose uh i'd say in the late 90s was moose everywhere and then um, yeah. a paradigm shift happened and then there was bears kind of commonly seen and now we're seeing a good moderation of um bears and moose both along the river along the road mm-hmm. systems um even occasionally on our hubbard glacier trips we'll see critters on the beach and up in the hillsides and stuff uh-huh. um so, yeah, as far as sightings, probably moose and bear are the most common or prevalent. And um, even in town, amongst our neighborhoods and stuff, we'll have a few uh, bears rambling around or tipping over garbage cans or getting the dogs all feisty. But um, right, it's just part, part of where you live. So Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so true. So true. Yeah, we, we've got Nutria where we live down in Oregon, and, and you've got bears. There's a distinction there. Uh, that's funny. That is funny. Mm-hmm. Well, well, Scott, okay. I mean, it, we sure appreciate the chance to talk with you today. How do people get a mm-hmm. hold of you if they'd like to uh, talk with you about a trip to Yakutat in the coming year? Yeah, well, um, the, you know, the most friendly version I, I offer is just give me a call. Um, I have, uh, uh, well, Primarily on my website, they can go to yakutatcharter.com, and that has a great backdrop of information and some in-depth uh, coverage of what we do and what we can offer. Um, but also you can reach out to me and call direct at uh, my phone number. I guess I'll leave it here as a pitch, uh, 907-784-3976. And Very then, good. I'll, um, I'll put that in the show notes also. Um, and it'll be listed there along with your email address. Sure, great. That was going to be the last thing I mentioned is my email at cwolf68 at hughes.net. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're taking quite a few bookings uh, this time of the year, and the boats are looking busy for the summer ahead, but we're always trying to make room for anyone else interested. And 
you know, even if you just got questions about how to get here or where to stay or what uh, what vehicle to rent, uh, certainly can help you put your trip together and come uh, come visit us here in Yakutat. Well, t- terrific. It sounds like you're very accommodating. Um, as the, the, the year progresses, though, I would imagine that your calendar books up uh, further and further ahead. And so if people are thinking about taking a trip, um, you know, it's better to call you sooner than later. And as you reach into July and August, I would imagine it would be tough to book a trip the next week if you, they called you. Yeah, in some ways that's true, Ted, um, and that's that's part of the expansion over the years is um, just having a, um, a regular repeat business here. I, I'd, I'd strongly say majority of my business is obviously repeat customers year in and year out, and they want the same boat, the same mm-hmm. times. But um, as the as the the word gets out, and as I reach a little further through uh, my marketing and advertising. Um, I'm also adding platforms and captains that are familiar with uh, the area, familiar with the boats. And so we, we can generally uh, help you find a boat, even if it's not with us. We're certainly going to try to help you find a, a way to visit Yakutat. And we know uh, through good service and whatnot, mm-hmm. we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see you soon um, every year or, or every third year. I, I get quite a few callbacks. Uh, hey, remember me from four years ago? And, well, no, but thank you for calling back. That's so, right. Um, That's right. Yeah. You know, yeah. Something, something we said for referrals and celebrity, you know, uh, references and, and that sort of thing. And, and it's always stuck with me that, you know, we've got a lot of celebrities in our industry, whether it be Roland Martin on the East Coast or Buzz Ramsey, mm. <clears throat> you know, on the West Coast. But when I came to Yakutat and uh, stayed at, um, uh, stayed there for a week, um, the the week that we got there was the week after um, uh, uh, Bill Gates took and rented most of Yakutat for his crew. And I guess he did that once a year there for a while back in the 90s. I don't know if he's still doing that or not. But if you've got more money than 99.9999% of all the rest of the world, and you want to go fishing? It sounds like Bill Gates is your uh, is your recommendation. Come to come to Yakutat. <laughs> that is a strong recommendation, um, and we do see that. Uh, I, I mean, I without dropping names, I know quite a few uh, names in the industry and and on uh, on the bigger circuit. But really, that's uh, <laughs> that's a charm of Yakutat. When you get here, you're just another fishing buddy, and uh, you know well, how can we hang out and what. What do you want to do today? And so uh, mm-hmm. I have to caution myself not to be too starstruck or not to be too yeah. Uh, yeah. him and hot. But, uh, you know, they're, they're a bunch of great guys in a lot of instances. And, uh, you know, my uh, my best attribute is just being able to, to show what I got and, and make my mm-hmm. um, make make Yakutat shine like a star, I guess you'd say. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah, they're they're there's definitely some bigger guys that fly in with their own jets and, you know, do their own thing. And, you know, just like any, uh, any average guy that wants to go out and experience something new, Yakutat has uh, some of the best of the best uh, mm-hmm. in the state for, for offering something. A- absolutely. Well, any, and, uh, yeah. And, yeah. And you're, a, you're a crown jewel when it comes to that culture there with, 
the amount of boats that you run and the quality that you put into, you know, not only the boats themselves, but in, in the gear, but, you know, hiring the right captains and putting, you know, 50 people on the boat um, that, that understand the fisheries and that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, just keep up that good work, man. Yeah, thanks for that, Ted. I uh, Definitely, it's been a passion for me, and it's, uh, you know, they always say it's hard to emulate yourself, but I did find some guys that like to fish for captains, and um, they understand, and they're real driven to be uh, good at what they do, and they're really personable, too, you know. It's not a, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's not a, 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 I don't know what the right word here is for it. It's not a macho thing for them. They They really embrace what they do, and they love sharing it, and to them, that's a win, and uh, so yeah, we're really looking forward to to this group of guys and uh, and this season up ahead uh, being a good one. Cool. Well, hey, tight lines to you, Scott. Have the best season ever. And uh, again, we really oh. appreciate your time today. Oh, thank you for the call, Ted. Happy to share the news and uh, appreciate you reaching out and letting uh, letting folks hear a little bit of something new, probably to them. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you.